0: You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 102, and today we're talking about how you can sell with more ease and less sleaze, so stay tuned. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's so fantastic to be hanging out with you here today. Today we're talking about sales. Now sales scares so many people but If we don't make sales in our business, we don't actually have a business. So I really loved chatting with today's guest, Susan McVeigh, because she's got the same ideas around sales that I do and how to create these sales easily and effortlessly and with the idea of helping and serving the people that are in our world. Now, Susan has more than $40 million in personal sales and has led high performance sales teams to over $600 million in revenue. She's an award-winning sales strategist, consultant, and speaker who now helps ambitious entrepreneurs as the founder of Sales Mastery Society. She's on a mission to help create more millionaire entrepreneurs and establish a mentality of wealth and abundance in the world. And when I first chatted to Susan and when she first came into my world, I felt that and heard it come through so clearly that within 10 minutes I had asked her onto the show because I knew this conversation would be so helpful for all of you. So let's jump straight in. to today's episode with Susan McVeigh. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Susan. It's so great to have you here joining me today. I am super excited to be here with you. I'm really excited because today we're talking about sales, how to charge, how to have sales conversations, how to price ourselves. And there's so many entrepreneurs that struggle with really any conversation around money. So I think that this is a really great conversation that we're going to have today and you'll be able to share lots of advice and value bombs for people to reach their first six figures and beyond.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So before we get started, why don't you share a little bit about what it is that you do and the kinds of people that you work with?
1: Absolutely. So I am a business sales strategist. In a nutshell, I help business owners make more money. (laughs) So I really want people to know that sales doesn't have to be sleazy. And whether it's you that's selling in your business, or you have a team of salespeople that are selling on your behalf, it is really critical for the full end to end process to deliver your values, your vision, your mission, and to be in full integrity with how you do business. So I help people sell with more ease without the sleaze. And it's without having to do things in a complicated manner. So whether you're Or still trying to get to your first six figures, or you've already passed that. And now you're in that scaling stage and you do have a team and you're looking to optimize your sales teams. Those are the the two broad buckets of business owners that I typically help. And it's really around sales and, and selling in an easier way.
0: Yeah. I love that you said sell with more ease and without the sleaze. I think that's a really beautiful way to put it. And I think that you know, when you tap into the fact that when you're selling to the right people that you're actually helping them to overcome a problem, it's like we, we can get rid of the sleaze because it's just about having the right intention.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And it's really a reframing of maybe our past experience Experiences around sales or how the media has portrayed salespeople, right? In the movies, the salesperson isn't the superhero. They're usually the sleazy car salesman or Mm. somebody that makes us feel really uncomfortable because they're being overly pushy or aggressive or not really listening. And I don't believe that that is the way that people need to sell in order to be authentic and also to make a lot of money and not to have a fear of asking for money and also being able to receive a lot of money. I don't think that people who are part centered who are service leaders and are high-expertise individuals really need to decide it's an either-or. I think it's an and-and.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, and it's funny that we do have this really weird or can have this really weird feeling around money because I don't know anyone that's in a job that's ever felt strange and sleazy by taking their pay every
1: week or every fortnight. (laughs) Like it's just not a thing, right? (laughs) No, not at all, right? We don't even think twice about it. It's just, it's expected. There's a sense of entitlement when we have a job that I show up. I'm here for a set amount of hours, regardless of the quality of the work. And if you're listening, I know that you put in top quality, but there Mm -hmm. are folks that they don't, right? They're sitting on social media or they're reading a paper as they're kind of getting themselves into the groove. And yet we don't think twice about the fact that that is not okay when we have money coming through the door.
0: Totally, totally, totally. So let's start with pricing because I think that especially people that are beginning or haven't even earned their first six figures, they really struggle with pricing their their services. And I think that, you know, we're not talking about pricing products here because that's a lot easier we're talking about pricing services because it's not a tangible. You can't put it in a bag, you know, in a gift bag and give it to someone. I mean, it would be so much easier if you could. <laughs> Wouldn't it, right? Oh, so much easier. What are some tips you can give us around setting our pricing?
1: I think it's really important to recognize that pricing has both an art and a science. There's, you know, very specific formulas and strategies that you can use in order to make sure that you are maintaining profit and that it is accounting for your actual time of what you're actually putting in. But aside from that, in order for you to charge a certain amount, you have to be comfortable and confident in the value that you're putting that's attached to that price point. And that's relative. So different price points will mean different things to you as the creator of that service, as well as the audience that you serve. And so it's really important, I think, to honor the fact that Pricing is relative, but it's also fluid, which means the great news is you can change it if it doesn't work for you or as you evolve. I think too often as business owners, we feel like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck with this. Like once I decide that's it, it's kind of set in stone and nowhere is it written that as a business owner, you can't change your price for a service simply because you are able to feel more confident in the service having said that, it's also because you're providing a great result. And I know that if you are part of the part of this audience, you, you clearly have a level of expertise so that mm. you can produce those results. And it's not an issue of that back end of I can get results, I can deliver the service. It's really about the front end piece, which is how much do you value your service? How much confidence do you have in your ability to ask for that money? And what's the price point that makes you feel like a rock star when you say, you know, this is this is the investment, what is the amount that's going to quickly roll off your tongue and not cause you to freeze up and stammer or stutter or, you know, almost ask permission to get that money from your potential customer.
0: You know, I was watching a a training the other day and it made me laugh because the way that the person described this was having cotton mouth. She's like, you know, when someone asks you how much and it's like, uh, you know, you can't get that dollar amount out. That has happened to all of us, but it's not even necessarily a high amount every time. Some people just really struggle with asking for the sale full stop. You mentioned that, you know, there's a, an art and a science and that we're, we're able to ask more, obviously, when our expertise is higher, but I'm sure you've worked with people that have got a high expertise. They may have been working in the expertise, maybe 20 or 30 years in the corporate world, and now they're going into entrepreneurship or opening their business. And in their mind, they're thinking, I'm new. What would you say to
1: those people? I would say, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, I did the same thing, right? I'm 20 years selling in corporate, helping other people sell hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. And yet when I got into my own business, it's almost like I threw that all out the window and I decided none of that mattered. And I was starting from scratch. And yet at the the end of the day, it it all matters. It all Mm -hmm. counts. And so whether you've done it for free or paid for somebody else or or yourself in a different capacity, these are transferable skills. And the value that you have is immense. And I know that as people of higher expertise, it's funny. I was talking to a friend today and I said, "Why is it that the people who are the most qualified are the ones who question themselves and the people who are the least qualified are the ones who don't even bat an eye?"
0: <laughs> teaching, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> right? And then you wonder because you can see off in the far corner, the distance, like that pang of longing, like why are they able to do this? Who are they? to to charge x amount when i've put in the time i've put in the work like i've actually done all of this and yet it seems so easy for them well yeah. We all have our own stories and at the end of the day I think the biggest thing is that you have to find the value within yourself first that is the deep inner work that I think all of us kind of gloss over because we're so busy chasing strategies and tactics and the logic yes. and I totally get it because I was there too and at the end of the day if you have all of that and you're still struggling I I want you to really think how do you value yourself how do you value your own expertise How do you, you know, account for all of the years, the days, the hours, the minutes? that you have already put in to struggle to get to where you are. There was a meme that I saw the other day. I don't know, maybe it was on on your page. It was, uh, you know, it took me 30 years to be able to give you the answer in 15 minutes. Yeah, so that was
0: you. on my page. Good work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Right. And I, and I thought, hell yes, because the fact that you can do it, In fifteen minutes, and somebody needs to charge. It could be a thousand. It could be ten thousand. The value is not your time. The value is the fact that you have the skills that allows people to get the fastest result, and that's what Mm -hmm. people are looking for. And so, if if I can just you know hammer in anything today, it's really the fact that you owe yourself and the people who are looking for you for that high level of expertise that you have. To stop hiding and to stop discounting your value because somebody else is delivering a lesser quality service than you. Yes. And it's doing everybody a disservice
0: oh my goodness, I was just having this exact conversation with a client. I did a group coaching call this morning. We ended up jumping on the phone afterwards. And she was saying, you know, she got caught looking sideways a little bit and seeing on social media some other things that other people were doing. And to put it into context, this person is an absolute genius at what she does. She's been doing it for her whole life, like, you know, 40 years. She's been, you know, doing this expertise. And she said, Sam, I'm just like pulling back I, I feel like the world's too noisy. I'm losing my confidence. But, you know, once you put the blinkers on and get back focused and understand, hang on, I've got this expertise. And you know what? I am so good at what I do that I would be doing a disservice to my clients or my future clients, not having me show up to help them, you know that that's the way we've got to think. And she she was like, "Oh my goodness, thank you so much for reminding me that by backing off and by being quiet, the other people that aren't as qualified are going to get the work, and that's not doing the right thing by my future clients."
1: Absolutely, by hundred a 1, thousand percent agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. I guess the, the biggest takeaway from this is don't attach your expertise in, you know, what it is that you deliver to your business skills or your sales skills. They're not the same thing. So if things aren't quite working in your business, don't lose confidence in, ex- in your expertise now you just need to tap into other people to help you bring that
1: business knowledge up. Absolutely. Right. We don't we don't, we don't automatically start a business because we have all of the skills required to run a business. I mean when mm-hmm. you know, companies, they have departments on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Right? they Because that is those people's zone of genius. And yet when we start a business, we wear all the hats and that's a lot. And so I think it's really important to know this is my zone of genius. This is the thing that I do extremely well and to not lose confidence, to not lose faith when you need help in other areas like sales, like business, like strategy, like tech, All the things that really might not be in your wheelhouse, but knowing that the thing that you do is extremely valuable and that you are great at it. I think that is is super critical for people to hold on to so that they don't get deflated when... Mm don't always work out
0: totally and you know we do come from corporates where there's departments and and what you're doing within that department is such a little tiny piece of the puzzle and you're right we walk out and just expect to be able to do all of that it's like being you know in a building of 500 people but you're trying to do that just inside one head (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work that's totally it yeah I love that analogy uh, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> so, once people have priced their services and they're comfortable asking for that amount, and obviously, as they get confident, you know, that price will go up. Mm-hmm. But How do we even move into a sales conversation with someone without giving away, I like to say without giving away the farm, without giving everything away so that that person feels like, you know, in an hour, oh my goodness, I've got so much from value from this. I actually don't need this person's services. This is something I actually hear quite a lot. How do we navigate this
1: little roadblock? I deal with this a lot too, because I think a lot of experts out there are teaching to coach on a sales call. And I wanna make very, very clear that a sales call or a sales conversation, a discovery call, it is a process of discovery. It is a, an ability to be able to determine whether or not your services are appropriate for somebody else. Mm. So in that, in that moment, your job is not actually to coach them. Your job is to uncover whether or not coaching is appropriate, whatever the services that you're providing them. And so when we coach, I believe that we do a disservice to our potential customer because we, A, we haven't asked for that relationship yet, right? There is no mm-hmm. no contract in place. There's no agreement. There's no understanding what it is that you are about to embark on. So there's no parameters. So that's the first piece. The second piece is that you are not actually going to be able to solve their entire problem within the span of 15, 20, 30 minutes, even a whole hour. It's just not possible. And so you're allowing them to put a bandaid on something that really is just going to keep festering. And mm. it's worse. so I think what we need to be able to do is, again, it's about ownership of the intention. It's about Allowing people to understand our uh, approach transparently. And I think too often we're scared of saying this is a sales conversation. Like the purpose of our conversation is for you and I, Sam, to figure out, do we actually want to work together? Is there something right. that I could help you with? And if I can, I'm going to discuss with you a few different options that I might have available that could help serve you. And if not, no harm, no foul. Like I'll, I'll let you know. If I have some resources, I'll point you in those directions. And maybe if there's somebody else in my network that would be a better fit for you, I'll also let you know and see if I can serve you in that capacity. So I think it's really important that we, A, ask for permission to have that kind of conversation that we're not inadvertently doing a bit of a bait and switch with somebody thinking, oh, I just get free coaching, right? How many times have you had somebody come up to you and say that they ended up on a sales call that actually was a free coaching call and they didn't know what to do because they felt uncomfortable saying, actually, this is a sales call. I think as as a business owner, you have to be able to step up and say, wait, hold on a second. I think maybe you misunderstand the purpose of our our talk today. And I'm not here to provide free coaching. I will guide you in a in a process that will allow you to make a decision whether or not our coaching or professional service, whatever it is that you're delivering is a good fit. But I have lots of free content, you know, AKA coaching. Uh Uh-huh send them to wherever you have those services listed, whether it's social media, your email list, wherever it is that you would like people to learn about you and binge watch or binge read your lovely content. That's Mm -hmm. what they need to do instead of doing that on a call with you.
0: A hundred percent. I could not agree more. (laughs) Absolutely. Because we're in an age where we're all producing a, a ton of content. Point people in that direction. You know, it's funny. I was actually, I'm going to share this really interesting situation or scenario that happened a couple of months ago. Um, I, I was I'd asked a question on social media about would people like to join a Facebook group you know would they like to uh have they got earning six figures on their calendar to do before the end of this year and someone came on to my thing and said well tell me more about it and I said well that's what it is you either do or you don't kind of thing she went well tell me about what you do and I went but the question is is this what you want to do and then we'll have that conversation she was really pushing she's like you know, I just want to know, like, tell me what's different about you. And I said, well, here's my podcast. Here's my blog. Here's my LinkedIn. Here's my content. Here's my videos that I put out all the time. Here's all of the resources that I produce every week. Go and have a look. She went, I don't want to have a look. I just want, I would just want you to tell me what it is. Now at that point, most people probably would have done a song and dance and gone, well, you know, I'm the best coach and like tapped into that. I need to prove myself. Yeah. But at that point, I'm like, no, <laughs> if you can't listen to one of my podcasts and see if we're a fit to work together or that if you like me, build that know, like and trust, then we're not even going to take this conversation any further. Because that's actually not going to be an ideal client, even if they come around. So what I, or why I shared that is the way that I took that is she's almost taken that fear of sales and put it the other way. I'm afraid that I'm going to be sold to. So just go away. But it was, it was done in a very weird, weird way. So what can you tell us about attracting the right people into our audience? and not song and and not doing a song and dance i guess for the wrong person because this could potentially make you feel bad about sales or make you think that you're not good at sales
1: absolutely and i love how you handled that because it really isn't about convincing people and i think that's where we start feeling really icky is when there's almost a desperation to not lose out on a client right when mm. you it's almost like you see that first spark of an interest kind of like when you're dating somebody and you catch their eye and you're like, oh, there they go again. Oh, wait. Like they keep looking at me. Should I go over? Should I not go over? And we, we have this weird inner dialogue. Like, do I do this? Do I not do this? Do I do this? Do I not do this? Am I going to seem pushy or not? And so you you get to the point where you're almost overselling and it's not appropriate to the situation. And I think that when you have that inner confidence of of knowing, A, who is it that you truly serve? Because when you have that clear, and you know what your audience needs to do, even before you would entertain a conversation around how to work together, just like you had done, Sam, like identifying, you have lots of content my ideal client is going to do their homework. Mm
0: -hmm. They're already
1: going to be prepared with why they like me, why I'm a good fit. And now it's just a matter of fine tuning, right? Those last few questions that are, you know, particular to them, their own situation where they aren't going to be able to get that in a one to many sort of conversation Mm. and they really need to now tap into Okay, this is this is my situation. This is what I'm dealing with. Can you help me? And so it's really important that when you have a situation as a business owner, and you're thinking, gosh, I don't I don't even think I know how to sell, that you take pause and really think, am I acting as the leader? Sales is about leadership at the core. And when we are being kind of pulled through the nose by our, our clients or by the idea of a prospective client, and we're so desperate because we have to have that client say yes, or we need more clients coming through the door. And that's the energy and the mindset that we're, we're approaching our interactions. It comes across very poorly, whether we are meaning to or not. And so I think it's really important that A, you have clarity around your ideal client, that you maintain confidence no matter what other people say. I know that's uh, a lot easier said than done. That takes practice. And the last piece is really making sure that you stand in your leadership role and always think, as a leader, what do I need to do? How do I need to show up? And how do I need to interact? So other people that are watching, because they're always watching, view me as a leader in this interaction and in this moment. Totally. The
0: biggest piece there, and I'm going to pull it back out and go over it, just to really have people understand that this is all about being the leader, that when you're playing in the defence mode, when you're, it's, oh, it's like people can smell when you're, you know, urgent for a sale and it's not, it's not a nice smell, you know, people no. can sniff it out and it kills the sale and then what happens is that kills your confidence. Mm-hmm. You need to be so confident in leading the conversation and knowing that you are the expert. And one of my mentors said, it's like, you're the person that's, you know, that judge at the front of the stage, watching the people audition. You're not the one on, on stage doing the song and dance. And the second you're on stage doing the song and dance saying, actually, I am so good and you need to work with me. And it's because of this, you've lost the sale before. Like you've already lost it doesn't matter what you say. So it's so, so important to keep that leadership role and lead the prospect through the journey because you are the expert. You know what the journey looks like. So you need to to show up as that expert and lead
1: them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think it's really important for people to understand it's your business. You get to choose. You yeah. get to choose. Like I, th- I think sometimes we get so used to, you know, being in corporate. You kind of got to take whatever is handed to you, and in your business, you don't have to do that anymore. And so that is a big shift. I find for a lot of people to really wrap their head around the fact that no client is better than the wrong client. And Mm. not all money is created equal. So, something that is short term, but is going to create a lot more work, hassle, and headache for you, there is no amount of money that is worth it. And anybody who's listening, if you have worked with a client that you, it was like a big teachable moment, right? Like that big learning. <laughs> I <laughs> like, love that. <laughs> I feel like everything does happen for a reason and I prefer to look at the positive side of everything. Mm-hmm. And so yes. even though it may not have worked out exactly how you wanted, that, those big learning moments, most of the time we don't want to recreate those And so you have an opportunity to choose and to Mm. say, no, thank you. Like this is not the right client for me and to disengage and to find. So your job really is. I need to find the client who already sees me as a perfect fit, that already understands my value, that is the type of person that I would love to work with and is going to do exactly what needs to happen in order for them to get the result. And your sole purpose every single day is to find that person to serve, mm. not anybody else.
0: Love that. I love that. And I and I love that you said to serve, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to serve and, and show up with the right intention, not just in what we're doing, but in the sales process as well. You know, that's going back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Today's episode is brought to you by Business Freedom Mastermind. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner who is ready for more income, more freedom, more impact, but you're stuck and not sure how to make it happen, then this exclusive one-day mastermind event is for you. Now, there's a strict limit of just 10 attendees where we do nothing but talk business, plan for growth, create lasting relationships, and establish accountability for each and every entrepreneur at the table, and you'll get a chance to share what you're doing, the challenges you're facing, and you'll get the personal feedback that you need to move forward and get different results. So head on over to businessfreedommastermind.com for more details. Talking about, or let's talk about the sales process. We've talked we sort of went forward. Let's just go back a little bit. Hmm. Where do you see the beginning of the sales process start?
1: So for me, there's some overlap between Mm -hmm. marketing and sales. And what I always like to say is they're kissing cousins. So if, you know, you can't have a marketing system that does not speak to your sales system. Mm -hmm. And so there are, there's some overlap here between marketing, because when we think about sales, for us in the traditional sales world, selling starts with prospecting, which means that you're finding people, you're finding people who want your service. And so there's a bit of, you know, you're pulling into the marketplace, but your marketing is also pushing people to you. So there's that magical combination of ebb and flow. So for me, you know, the whole build it and they will come where you think that sales happens when people start reaching out to you, I think is a falsehood because Mm -hmm. you're going to, You're going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, You can push that along by really paying attention to who is engaging, who is the type of person when you see the signs, even if they haven't maybe engaged as much with your content to go, I'm curious about this individual. Like I'm curious about what's going on for them. And it's not because you just want to sell them. It's because you genuinely want to connect with them. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important that we don't undermine that the foundation for success, I believe in sales and the sales process is connection and, Mm -hmm. and servitude. And it really is about understanding how you serve the best person for you and finding as many of them as possible. So that's why we often hear, you know, sales is a numbers game. It is because you have to go through so many leads, which in the online marketing space, like a lot of times, that's the domain of, of the marketing kind of department or the marketing expert. And I think they need to work hand in hand.
0: I really love that. I mean, we've all had that person reach out to us on social media. Oh, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Oh, that, I do. that person that just comes straight out of the gate, you've never met them before. And they're just like, here I am buy my shit. And I think that, th- that this is what is putting the fear in people to reach out. So what is a way that we can reach out and start that process? But being the people that we are and coming from a place of service, because we are, we can do it without being that spammy person. So I'd love you to share the difference of the spammy, buy my stuff person and a way that we can do it and hold our head high and come from
1: that, that place of service. Absolutely. It's funny, but not funny that I've had a conversation this week from somebody who sent me a message. And then I've had uh, a few that I have you know very i think very kindly slapped their hands with because they reached out and i knew i knew what the perp- you, you know you could smell a rat right uh-huh, and uh-huh. so It comes down to intention and I know that that sounds very maybe woo-woo or airy-fairy but I think people can read between the lines. When you have an intention that the only reason why I am connecting with you is because I want to sell you something or I have an ulterior motive, that does not make anybody feel good because it's like you're viewing them as a walking dollar bill. Well, nobody likes that. It's no. really icky, icky mm. gross. Yeah, insert, insert I, poo poop emoji. <laughs> it is. It's horrible, right? The big poop emoji. I mm. I think that for me, whether you sell B two B business to business or B two C business to consumer. We're selling P2P, which is people to people, like person to person. And I think as long as we recognize there is a person on the other end of this interaction, and it is an interaction, not just a transaction. When we feel like just a transaction and it's like next, 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 next. And we've all been in a store where we're we're buying stuff and you're like, wow, they don't, they could care less whether or not I'm here. And it, totally diminishes the experience and that's what i want us to think about is when you when you send out these spammy messages because you've actually done no thought no research no time and no personalization Well, gosh, no wonder why it's not working, right? It's cut and paste, cut and paste. And that's not to say that you can't use templates. I actually teach a lot of my students how to use templates that your team members can actually do on your behalf and they can work really well, but they take time to do the back end, which is let me figure out. If this is an appropriate person. But beyond that, I think at the end of the day, the goal shouldn't be just to sell, the goal should be to connect, and to be curious. And for me, when I started my business, my business kind of started by accident, I actually had no intention of starting a business. (laughs) It was was just, I know it's, it's, it's a little bit funny because I want, I was lonely. I was struggling with a major uh, illness and I just wanted to be able to help people and figuring out how could I serve? How could I add value when I felt like all of the value had been taken away from me Mm -hmm. and I was really struggling with that. And so I was just naturally curious about, what is it that you're working on? What is it that I could help you with? What is it that you're struggling with? And you know, people love talking about themselves. That's the, like our natural go-to because who who takes the time to ask them about themselves? Like yeah, almost exactly. nobody. Yeah. So if you just ask and then figure out, well, gosh, maybe there is something that I could help you with and maybe it's not even related to your business, but you added value to that person and that person's going to remember you and perhaps connect you with somebody else. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've had several individuals where that's happened. It hasn't been anything related to my business. But just because I happen to know, oh, you could use this tool, or there's a thing that I use for my health, maybe it would help you with yours or your mom's. And people, it's just about starting a conversation. And I think we place too much weight on the outcome, which is a dollar sign. Now, I said at the beginning, I want you to make more money. And and that is the goal as a business owner. But it can't be the only goal. It can't be the only motivating factor. It can't be the only reason why you talk to people is that if they don't buy from you, they're not worth your time. I Mm. think that you're missing out on an opportunity to create a lot more impact and to reach a lot more people. And so it's really about the intention and it's about making connections and thinking thoughtfully about who is it that you actually want to connect with. And when you do, how can you serve them, whether it's through your business, through somebody else that you know, or just by being a human.
0: Totally. And that connection, you know, by reaching out to people, take away the thought that that person could be a future client anyway and just focus on the connection. And I think that this is a huge piece of the puzzle that people miss. They they just look for these one-on-one conversations with people that they think could be a future customer. Mm-hmm. But by t- reaching out and talking to people, you don't know what partnership you could put in place or what opportunity you could be given. I mean, you know, you and I were connected by a good friend of ours, Alex Neam, And, you know, Alex is an amazing person that I met at a conference I didn't chat to him to say, hey, Alex, I've got this great program. Do you want to buy it? Because, well, A, I didn't know him when I met him, but B, like he doesn't need my program. But I found that out by chatting to him and we've gone on to do some great things together and, and, you know, have given each other a lot of opportunities. So just by reaching out to connect with people, you never know where that could end up. And that idea of getting out of that, I could miss out on one sale, could potentially turn into 200 sales down the track. You just don't know.
1: Absolutely. I love what you said there. So I'm going to use a, f- a farming analogy, although I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not either, but I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> you know, it's about planting seeds. And so I think sometimes like as as a farmer, you plant all these seeds and some grow and some don't. And I and and yet, he doesn't cry over the ones that don't grow. He, he keeps doing it. And I think mm-hmm. that's as a business owner, connections are more for me, it's the seed of sales. It's how we get more and more sales and how we exponentially grow our business. Because like you just mentioned, that one connection may end up down the line with a 200 impact, mm-hmm. like a 200. impact to your business. So imagine what could happen if you just allowed yourself to be open to that opportunity without expectation. It's not about expecting people to like, you scratch my back, i scratch yours. I think that again is that icky factor, but it's really about just giving with with generosity and knowing that the universe will pay you back because that's what you're doing. You're putting out so much good karma into the universe that it's going to come back to you.
0: What about the people that are putting out so much good karma and serving people so much? <laughs> I, I love know that you are. know where I'm going every single time. <laughs> and don't ask for the sale
1: ever because it doesn't always come back, right? So it does and it doesn't. I think this is where, because I have seen this time and time again when I dig into this with my students and clients and I really ask them to pay attention and be aware What we uncover is that they actually are pushing away the opportunities to receive money, to Mm. receive the sale. And so I think this is a a situation of giving, but also you have to be able to receive and ask for what it is that you want to receive Mm. and not feel uncomfortable to ask. So how many, and this will show up in, in lots of different ways outside of sales, But if you're doing this outside of sales, chances are it's also in your sales process. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you defer decisions, if you defer asking, if you find it hard to ask for help, if you find, you know, when somebody asks you, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. You choose. Mm -hmm. Eh. However, the minute that plate shows up and you're like, oh, I didn't really want this. (laughs) What so a really you, did it. Yeah. Right? you did have an opinion, you just found it difficult to say it. And I think this is where we have to be able to practice that muscle. So sales is a skill. It is a muscle we build. And we practice it in lots of different ways inside of the process, but also outside of the process. This is a perfect example with this whole asking analogy that we can practice outside. So every time you check yourself and you go, wow, I'm deferring. I am deferring when I actually could take ownership and say what I want and ask for what it is that I need. Ask, do it. And it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's going to feel like more work. But sales is part of the work. (laughs) Work, Work does not happen without you actually selling. It is an action item. It is a verb. And so asking is also an action. You have to do something instead of just like letting mm. it slide off. So that is a piece where I feel if you are over giving and just giving, giving, giving and you find it hard to receive, you know, there's there's some mindset things that, that probably need to be tapped into a little bit around, are you blocking yourself from actually being able to feel good about receiving? You know, does mm-hmm. it feel uncomfortable for you to receive money? Does it feel uncomfortable for you to ask for help? And then where else is this showing up in your life? And can you practice? skill day-to-day outside of selling so that you can, again, grow that that muscle.
0: So beautifully put. Just want to go back and touch on something there you were talking about, you know, that service, but Mm -hmm. going back and marrying that up with what you were talking about right at the beginning of this interview around asking the right questions, I think that if I could put those two pieces together, if you're in a really good sales conversation where you are asking the questions, the person that's on the other end of the call just is like, come on, just ask me. I'm so ready. If you do it in a really classy way and you are asking the right questions, at the end of the day, they actually want you to sell to them. They want, they're just like, oh, come on, I'm opening up my wallet now. Just tell me what I need to do next. You know, it is about asking the right questions and being in service, not being in service and trying to solve 10 minutes worth of questions. Mm -hmm. That's actually not really being of service at all. It's about, Helping the person on the on the other end of the phone or on the other end of the conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean that's super important. I think sometimes we forget when we're on a sales conversation that that person opted in, like they, they chose to be on that call. They they put up their hand to say, "I need your help." So again, mm-hmm. if we have created the right parameters around what the conversation is for, that the intention, and that's very clear. If we've done all of that, then that person has said, I need your help. I am struggling. Please help me. And so if you do use great questions, which, you know, that's part of the sales process and you need to be able to uncover the step-by-step way, the methodology that allows people to be guided through that in a natural conversation, then they really just want to know what is the next step? Like I've already said, I I need your help. You already have determined that, yes, in fact, you have the the thing that I can help you with and people just need to be told what to do. So Uh it's like a cliffhanger. They're literally just waiting. And I think there have been times where I have been shared stories where the money was there, the client was there for the taking, and they couldn't do the final close to ask for the next step and gain the commitment, and they just walked away. Like they just kind mm. of you back away because you're you're like, ooh, I don't know what to do. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that cotton mouth, right? I can't, right. I not
1: ask. Right, right, because you're uncomfortable with the price, you know. So if your voice, especially if, if you are a woman trying to sell, and your voice all of a sudden goes up, like inflects up, like you're asking a question with your price, it, you know, as it's ten thousand dollars and you start to feel shaky, your price point is probably not where you are confident. Change Mm. it so that it, your pricing is a fact, just like your name. So Mm. the way that you say your name, record it, practice, you brush your teeth, practice that price point over and over again until it rolls off your tongue. And you don't even have to think about it. You really don't. If you get to that point, and people are asking for your service, then you, you, you have to give it to them. Like, I think you're doing that. You're leaving them stuck. Yes. We that, need to
0: help that's the Yes. When you're not asking for the sale, you're actually leaving them stuck. And with their gaping wound, they came to yes. you for help and you've just let them down
1: and they will go out and they'll find someone else. If you like, if you have done a really good job serving them in terms of a conversation that allows them to really be honest about the fact that they're struggling, because that's what a good sales conversation does. And they are, like you said, they're a gaping wound. Now they're going, "Wow, I thought I was in trouble, but now I know I'm in trouble. I need help today. If you don't give them the solution, they're going to find somebody else." You are listening right now and you go, oh my goodness, that's happened to me, where you turn around and you realize, oh, on social media or somehow in conversation, you hear that that potential customer is now working with somebody else who does a very similar thing to you and you go, well, what just happened? What just happened, chances are all they did was they scooped in and took that last little bit because you took them 90% of the way there and Mm. you left them hanging like a cliffhanger. And then the other person came in and knocked on the door and said, sure, I can help you. Here's how. Yeah. They
0: just came in and said, this is how I can help you. Now, I believe that you've got a free resource that helps people with the blueprint to reach their first six figures. Can you share what that is and how our listeners can get a copy of
1: that? Yeah, absolutely. So I built my uh, business, like I had mentioned, completely by kind of by accident. And I did it in a, a very unconventional way for I think the, the online world, because I, that's not where I was from. So I wanted to be able to help folks that maybe are being taught lots of different convoluted paths and be able to share with you my path in the hopes that there may be something along the journey that I did that could be helpful for you. And it's the exact blueprint that created Six Figures in Six Months. I have the caveat. I also have a longstanding corporate career. You know, so I always joke, it's a 20 year runway. And I'm yeah. going to guess that if you're listening and part of this audience, that you also have a similar 30 year runway. So it doesn't have to take that long for you to build your business and get to success. If I can share with you my journey, that's what this free resource is for us to show you kind of mind map of what I did, the different pieces that were involved, and the exact steps that I took. So that is available for you at susanmcveigh.com slash leader. And my last name is M C V E A. Love it, and of course, we'll link
0: that up in the show notes. I love what you said there about a runway. I've never heard it said like that before, and I'm going to I'm going to borrow that if you don't mind and share that because I think that that's so relevant for the people that do listen to this show. They do have such a long runway, and. You know, they're not trying, they're not like helicopters just trying to take off on the spot. You know, there is so much momentum there and it's about having the resources to tap into, to take off because mm-hmm. everything's there. Absolutely. Everything's there.
1: Absolutely. And I think this is where as high expertise individuals, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to other people that that need that service, that need that level of expertise that they're not getting right now. They're being mm. serviced in a lower level.
0: Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Totally. Stop. Yeah, exactly. Stop. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do it anymore. Get out there. The world's waiting for you. They need you. They need your expertise. They need your help. Susan, if there's one thing that you can leave our listeners with around the topic of sales so that if they walk away from this episode and just go, I've got this thing and it's completely changed my business, what would it
1: be? Around the topic of sales. Well, for me, um, and, and you know, this was the undercurrent that we had spoken through throughout this uh, podcast was service. It's like For me, selling a service, and I think if you think of it that way, hopefully it will help you to get out from you know, inside of yourself and, and playing small and shrinking back and being so fearful to go out and do the thing that you're called to do. And so for me, you know, my message to you listening right now is to find someone to serve and stop making it about you. Really focus on who it is that you're here to serve at your highest power, at your highest level of service and being very, very clear and stepping into your position of leadership, not only in your business, but ultimately in your sales and to be able to really do what it is that you do best. And do it unapologetically.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Suze. What you've shared today is absolutely fantastic. So many value bombs. I'm looking forward to going back and listening to this episode again myself. Thanks for being on the show today and uh, serving us and our listeners with how to grow their business and take it to the next level.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I just loved our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want
0: to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you. And I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to Riley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.